Hello and welcome. I'm Jamie and you are listening to the Everyday Queen podcast, the place where we celebrate everyday queens conquering their inner BS and doing epic things in life, love and business. This podcast is for the mamas navigating mum life, the boss babes killing it in their careers, the biz babes forging their own paths and all of you queens in between. I'm here to share with you the real, the raw, and the BS-free tips and tricks on turning your inner mean into an inner queen so that you can show up every day fierce, powerful, and unstoppable. Let's get to it. Hello everyone, welcome back to another solo episode of the Everyday Queen podcast. I promise that I do have interviews coming, but I really wanted to spend the first portion of my first season really just giving you some great advice to allow you to get to know me a little bit more and let me share some of my stories with you. I do realize that I obviously dedicated an entire first episode to my journey, but let's be real. That was such a brief overview. There really is no way that I can fit all of my stories into one 20 to 30 minute episode. And I really want to share those stories because for me, that's part of showing up for you real and raw, like I promised I would. So today I really want to tell you my diet story because we all have one. And I want to talk about body image and diet culture and the all elusive intuitive eating. Before I really dive in, I want to start by saying that I don't really have an amazing and inspirational diet culture story. I have a real story but you're not going to hear me talk about overcoming an eating disorder or losing a crap ton of weight because it's just not true for me. In fact, if I'm really honest, I never had a weight issue until I started working full-time as a pharmacist. In my head though, I've always struggled with my weight and mainly obviously with my body image. I always thought I was overweight since being a teenager. Because back then, it was really cool to be super skinny, and it was cool to restrict what you ate, and it was cool to drink diet soft drink and eat diet branded foods. We were so freaking uneducated, and at the end of the day, we really had no business making any decisions about our nutritional needs. But of course, you try telling that to a teenage girl. I actually randomly remember one day sitting at lunch next to a girl who was eating some kind of lollies. I can't exactly remember what they were, but they were from a company that has super misleading advertising and their advertising had us all believing that these were natural lollies. And so, you know, they're totally cool, right? They're healthy. They're natural. So they have to be healthy, right? That's not even the worst part of the story. I actually remember this girl being so happy with herself for not only eating these amazing natural lollies, but for being so excited that she had found, wait for it, 99.9% fat-free lollies. 
How good is that? <laughs> yeah, that's like a proper facepalm moment. Me being that classic people-pleasing perfectionist I spoke about in my first episode, I really didn't want to stand out much in high school. So I always joined in the banter about diet and exercise, even though none of us really had any freaking idea what we were talking about. And for me, the comparison game was super strong. And if I'm honest again, it never really went away. I always felt like my body was different to the other girls. I was more curvy than other girls and don't even get me started on my hips and my butt. (laughs) I decided at one stage to stop eating meat, super random, except of course that my parents forced me to eat meat at dinner time. So for the rest of the day, I would live off salads and I walked literally every afternoon without fail or any excuses. I really wish though (laughs) that I could channel some of this dedication nowadays because it, it left, (laughs) it worked obviously coupled with the immense amount of stress and pressure I was putting on myself in year 11 and 12. And I actually got skinny. Go me. I got skinny and people started asking questions and making comments. It's really only now looking back at photos from this time that I've realized exactly why people started asking questions for someone who in her head thought she was overweight and really curvy. I was pretty bloody skinny. Then I left home and I started uni. And although this gave me the perfect opportunity to have full control over anything that I ate, I also had to add up. I had to go to uni and then I had to go to work and of course fit in extra study around all of this and maintain some sort of a social life. My obsessive walking went out the window. I guess I replaced that with drinking and clubbing every weekend, which I counted as exercise because, you know, we danced. I discovered caramel lattes, the beginning of my long lasting coffee addiction Macca's cheeseburgers in the taxi on the way home from town and the many vending machines around our uni campus, which actually became my go-to snack dispensers. This shock horror was also the beginning of all of my gut issues. I started getting these weird attacks of stomach cramps. It was so agonizing when they came on. It was like sharp stabbing pains that literally came out of nowhere for no diagnosable reason. I literally had all of the tests and these problems continued to get worse as I graduated and started working full time. See, most people don't know this, but as pharmacists, we don't get allocated breaks. We don't get lunch. We don't get 10 minute breaks. There is lots of eating on the run and some days not eating until the afternoon. I would be just starving when I got home after some shifts. And then of course I would literally eat everything and anything in sight. So of course I started gaining weight from this cycle and I know I'm not alone in this. Like how many times have you worked through lunch break or been so busy that you forgot to eat? We all know it's bad, but we do it anyway. Or maybe it's the, we think meh, If I skip one meal a day, what's the worst that can happen? Maybe I'll lose weight. I don't know. 
but it certainly didn't help me. I kind of hit this point where I really hated my body and what I look like, but I was too busy with work to even bother doing anything about it. I guess I told myself that if I just kept hustling, I'd reach my goals. And then once I reached my goals, I'd have more time to look after myself. Insert another facepalm moment here. (laughs) But then I got engaged. And all of a sudden, I felt this immense pressure to make huge changes to my body. Because, you know, every bride wants to look her absolute best on her wedding day. So I began Operation Hashtag Shredding for the Wedding. This was the absolute lowest point in my entire diet journey. And if you want any sort of social proof, ask my sister because she was there through all of my many breakdowns. I had decided that I was at least 10 to 15 kilos overweight and that the whole healthy eating thing just wasn't working for me. So I hired my first coach. And I got the first of many eating and exercise plans. It was one of those eat six more meals a day type of plan, even though I told my coach that I didn't get breaks through the day. And I was met with, well, you just have to make time. It didn't take long to lose interest in eating the same thing day in and day out. And I struggled to fit eating that frequently in. So on to my next coach. This one was a bikini diva because by this stage, skinny was so out and fit and strong was in. And let's be real, who wouldn't want to look like a bikini model on their wedding day? Another calorie controlled eat six times a day plan alongside a stack of sups. And I got my first gym membership. Nothing could stop me now, except that this time I told the coach that a realistic number of gym sessions that I could commit to was five, five per week. I thought that was pretty reasonable. The plan I was given had seven plus an active rest day. I followed that plan to a T. I literally weighed everything that I ate and I meal prepped for hours every week. I was taking 12 different vitamins and supplements every day. I don't know how, I have no idea how I was swallowing so many pills and drinking all sorts of different drinks, but nothing happened. She questioned me and she tweaked my plan and still nothing. So she questioned me more and tweaked my plan more and still nothing. Eventually, I was referred to the doctor because it just wasn't right. If I was following the plan and doing the exercise, then something should have happened. The doctor found nothing. And her advice was just work harder at the gym. So back to the coach who recommended a reset diet to fix what seemed to be metabolic issues from, and I quote, years of damage due to yo-yo dieting. I was literally willing to give anything a go by this stage, so I didn't question anything, and I quickly completed another questionnaire and eagerly awaited yet another new plan. And I need to note here that one of the questions was about allergies or foods you don't eat. I have no allergies, but I don't eat tuna or salmon. 
just those two things. Anything else I can deal with. But when it comes to any sort of fish, I'm super fussy and I can only put it down to being really spoiled as a child and only ever getting fresh fish. Anyway, so I get my new plan and of course it requires new sups. Okay, cool. I'll get those when I do my shopping. So I start to make a shopping list and salmon, not just once a day, twice, every day, salmon for breakfast, salmon for dinner. And literally from this date on, I have referred to this diet as the fish diet. And yes, of course, I spoke up and said, hey, remember in that questionnaire you had me complete? Remember how it said I didn't eat salmon? And the response I got was, hey, babe, salmon is so good for you and great for hormone balancing. So just give it a go. So I did. For two weeks, I forced that salmon down my throat. Some days, literally gagging. And I do remember one day in particular, I was trying to force my breakfast salmon down at work. And one of my beautiful colleagues was literally rubbing my back going, you can do this, Jamie. You've got this. Just another mouthful. Yeah, it was that ridiculous. But I was dedicated. I really like I was committed to seeing the results. And if that meant I had to eat fish twice a day, then cool. That's what I was going to do. It was actually this fish diet that led me to my nutrition coaching certification because I I kind of felt like if I was experiencing this, then how many other women out there were in the same boat as me? How many other women were feeling unheard and not listened to? and feeling like food was controlling their whole lives. And that coaching certification was just an absolute game changer for my whole entire life. Integrative nutrition. For me as a health professional, the whole concept was just revolutionary. Because when it comes to health and wellness, food is usually the first thing that comes to mind. But an integrative approach accepts that there is more to a healthy diet than just the food we eat. In fact, they say that if other areas of your life are out of balance, simply changing your diet is unlikely to actually make the difference that you're looking for. We actually refer to food as being secondary to our primary needs. And our primary needs are things like meaningful relationships and fulfilling work and having a spiritual practice, you know, all those sorts of things. It's important, though, to understand that the two do go hand in hand. You can't live a really fulfilled life by eating kale and exercising every day if your head is full of just crap and limiting beliefs and you're choosing to surround yourself with toxic people. But by the same token, you can't do all that mindset work and then not back it up with the right nutrition. So I actually started to refer to nutrition as fueling your fire. It's actually the most basic act of self-love and self-care that you can perform. But you will never see any of your favorite influencers hashtag self-care Sunday checklists, including nutrition. And it's my belief that at the end of the day, if you're choosing to not fill your body with what it needs, then you are actually self-sabotaging. Because if you're not fueling your body with what it needs, it can't function properly. And a body that isn't functioning properly is not going to take you 
to the success and the goals and the fulfillment that you're chasing. We've all generally know the basics of nutrition, and I'm sure at some stage everyone has heard the term macros or the need to hit your macros. Macros are micronutrients. They're nutrients that our bodies need in large amounts in order to function. They're nutrients that we use for energy. And the very core of good nutritional health comes down to finding the right balance of macronutrients for your body. To function optimally, we also need small nutrients, micronutrients, vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. Micronutrients are like little magic wands in our bodies. They're literally the magic behind the production of enzymes and hormones and all other necessary biological chemicals. Our bodies may only need small amounts of these vitamins and minerals, but the effects of even small deficiencies can really affect us. The most important takeaway here that you probably missed is that our bodies need specific amounts of both macro and micronutrients in order to function at its best. And I said earlier that the core of good nutritional health comes down to finding the right balance of nutrients for your body. You see, what people fail to acknowledge is that everyone has a unique optimal balance. Nutrition is not a one size fits all. What works for me is not necessarily going to work for you and vice versa. And for me, this is actually the fun part. This is the part where you get to go and trial and test and tweak. Our bodies know what they need. It's actually our brain that confuses the messages. Since learning this and experimenting, I have found that my body actually thrives off a lower carb, higher fat macro base, but I also like to incorporate plant-based meals through the week. However, when I fell pregnant, my body just craved carbohydrates and I became repelled by animal products. It's so random. So how do you know what's right and where to start? Intuitive eating, the all-elusive Another buzzword that I know you have heard or seen thrown around the internet. It sounds super fancy, but intuitive eating is literally just reconnecting with your body and food and listening to what your body tells you it needs. Everybody talks about intuitive eating, but nobody really explains it. I feel like it's literally just a buzz when someone says, oh, what diet do you follow? You're quickly met with, oh, I just eat intuitively. I don't follow a diet. So that's all it means. Literally reconnecting with your body and food and listening to what your body tells you. And it is literally as simple as asking yourself two questions. Number one, am I hungry? Number two, will this food make me feel good? If the answer to both of those questions is yes, eat the damn food. If you're not hungry, don't eat. And if you're hungry, but you know the food you're about to eat won't make you feel good, then guess what? You have a choice to make. Ask yourself why you want to consume something that you know won't make you feel good in any way. And if you still choose to eat it, knowing that it's not going to make you feel good, just own it. 
You'll find that the more inner work that you do, the easier it will be to tune into your intuition and make the right choices. In the meantime, just try a food diary, not an obsessive calorie counting, you know, recording everything, but more as a way to reflect on your choices and then how those choices made you feel. The only plan I really do ever recommend regardless is to eat whole foods because too often we focus on the quantity of food when it's really the quality that's actually important to us. In fact, most of you will find that if instead of removing foods from your diet, you add them, but in better forms, you won't have the cravings that you struggle with and you'll always actually choose the better option. We actually call this in in integrative nutrition, crowding out. And I literally recommend crowding out with whole foods. Whole foods are just food, real food that is as close to its natural form as possible. This means that it is packed full of those magic micronutrients that I was talking about. So think whole grains and fruits, vegetables and nuts. Best to choose seasonal produce where you can. Organic is always good, but if you can't get organic, try local produce. It's really whatever's affordable for you. And fresh, of course, is always best, but if you can only get frozen, then eat frozen. That's better than not having it at all. Eat the rainbow, and don't forget, food doesn't have to be bland and boring. Add flavors and experiment with herbs and spices and different sauces. You can change an entire meal literally by just adding a little bit of fresh chili and ginger and garlic. That's it. At the end of their day, like I said earlier, our bodies were designed to just eat real food. Our bodies know what they need. It is just our brains that mix up the signals. And when in doubt, all you need to do is ask yourself, will this nourish my body? And remember... It is about balance. You can have your wine and eat whole foods too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, be sure to let me know by leaving a review or sharing and tagging me in your stories. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and get your daily dose of BS free inspiration at, at Jamie Lee White. While you're there, click the link in my bio to download my free workbook, Three Steps to Overcoming Your Inner BS. That's it from me today. I can't wait to chat to you in the next episode.